1: is a judgment greater than anything you've ever known it won't be long your life will pass by as a vapor and you will stand before the judgment seat of God and every secret deed and thought every wrinkle, every spot will be in view. Before the one who knows all things, the Lord of Lord and King of Kings, you know the one you never knew. While you have breath, You have a choice to make in life. Turn away from your sin and believe on the risen Christ. You can find peace in Him from the judgment. That's to come He is the shelter From the coming storm He's the only shelter from the coming storm.
2: Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may be where I am. You know, the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do know where you're going. So how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is coming again. It is certain he is coming again. When is he coming? We'll look at that. About 10 minutes ago, I was on the telephone with a man who was in a very difficult position. He has two girlfriends, one in New York and one in Florida. The one in Florida is a Muslim. The one in New York is a Christian. He's been talking with both of them for quite a number of months, thinking that he has the right to choose between them which one would be best for him. And he would even go so far as to say, which one would Jesus want me to have? So he has a triangle. And now one of the women is saying to him, I don't think you're serious about me. And I don't want to invest my time and my energy in someone who is not also going to invest in me that time and energy. You go with the other woman. And of course, the other woman is saying, you need to go with with a woman who is in New York. Both of them are displeased that he is playing a game. He's trying to keep them both on the string until he decides which one he would like. I thought about that and how many I meet and talk with who have the world down in Florida and Jesus up in New York playing both against the middle They want the best possible deal. They want to make the best choices for themselves, totally self-centered. I said to this man, Have you sent either woman red roses? Well, no. No, I don't know which one. Have you sent them anything? Well, no. Oh, he doesn't really want to invest deeply in either woman, but he wants them both on the string so in case he can decide which one he wants. I said to him, both women should dump you and cut you off and never speak with you again. So many have played Jesus the same way. You want him? You'd even say, I love him. But you also love the world and the ways of the world. And now we're faced with a reality that Jesus is going to come. And which will you choose? Every man is going to have to make a decision. Every woman. Do you want Jesus Or do you want the world? You cannot have both. And almost every person I know has played this triangle game with Jesus. And it's a foolish game. You end up losing the world and you end up losing Jesus and you end up going to hell. I don't want that for you. And I'm coming today to say to you as clearly as I can say, you deserve to be dumped by the world and by Jesus because you haven't given yourself totally to either one. In other words, you deserve hell. Now let me take it a step further. This relationship with Jesus is not an institutional relationship. It's not a church relationship. It's not a doctrinal relationship. It is a very personal relationship between you and Jesus. He is courting you as his wife. He is very serious about you. But believe me, the world is also very serious about you. And Jesus is coming again. Now we're going to look very carefully in the deep dive to say, when is Jesus coming? He is coming. And it's very personal for Jesus. It's not just sentimental. He is coming for the man or the woman. I probably ought to turn to that very quickly. Jesus is coming for the man or for the woman who has sold out 100% to him, has cut off the world, the flesh, and the devil. Let's look at it. It's over here in John, the 15th chapter. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. He's speaking about a very intimate connection where your very life is centered in him and not in the world. Not in your money not in your self-centeredness. He goes on to say in verse 9, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. In other words, there is more to this than simply saying, I love Jesus. It is being utterly being given to Jesus. He owns you, lock, stock, and barrel. Everything about you, he owns you. He's coming back to claim what is his. And if you're in a triangle with the world, you're not going to go to heaven. And you're not going to get out of the world what you hope to get. Whether it was fame or money or prestige or power or acceptance. I mean, when I said to this man today, you need to cut loose the woman in Florida. He said, oh, I I can't do that because I've talked to her for a long time and, and I don't want to hurt her feelings and Oh, you don't want to hurt her feelings. Some of you don't want to hurt your friends' feelings because you've been friends for a long time, but when you're with them, you can't talk about Jesus. And when you're with them, you act like they act. You watch the movie that they watch. You go to the club where they go. You drink with them. You do the same things they do. You love the woman, the world. And you love the man, Jesus. But you don't love either. You love yourself. Now he's coming. No matter what you think and no matter what you do. He is coming. And when he comes. He will draw a very straight line between those who obey and keep his commands. And walk with him and love him and are with him. And those who are playing a triangle. So let's quickly compare some scriptures. Go to Matthew, the 24th chapter. Jesus is sitting on the Mount of Olives and the disciples come to him privately and they say to to him, when will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? In other words, when is the destruction of Jerusalem? When's that going to happen? And when are you going to end all of this by coming back for your people? And Jesus answers, watch out that no one deceives you. Now, I want Jesus to come. I want Jesus to come now. And I sympathize with those of you who so strongly suggest, who so strongly suggest he's going to come in a secret rapture and he's going to get me out of here before it hits the fan, before destruction flows. Before persecution comes, he's going to get me out of here. Well, I have good news and I have bad news. The good news is Jesus is coming. The bad news is there's not any passage of scripture that I can find anywhere in the Bible that teaches that Jesus is coming in a secret rapture. Now, I wish he were coming in a secret rapture. I would love to be out of here, but I can't find it in the scriptures. Now, those who can patch together various scriptures and say, this is what it means. But I want to compare scriptures today with you. I don't know of any more important question than when is Jesus coming Except perhaps, am I in a triangle with the world? Am I in a triangle with the devil? Do I belong to Jesus and the devil and think I have that thing set up so that I win either way? They say, what will be the sign of your coming? And his first response is, watch out that nobody deceives you. You see, if you believe in a secret rapture, and that means that you can stay in this triangle with the devil until Jesus comes and takes you out of here, you're wrong. You won't go. You've got to get ready. You've got to obey the commands of Jesus. You've got to walk the narrow path. You have to cut the world off. You have to cut the devil off. Watch. For many will come in my name claiming, I am the Christ. Again, the word Christ first means, not Messiah. The first meaning of the word Christ is anointed or anointing. Many will come in my name, in the name of Jesus saying, I am the anointed one. I hear it constantly from prophets I hear it all over the internet. Oh, we want the glory of God. Well, that's not what's promised. It says they will deceive many. The problem with being deceived is you don't know you're deceived. You think you're right. And many of you think you're right with a a secret rapture. Men that I have great respect for believe in a secret rapture. They're deceived, but they don't know it. That's the point of deception. And that's where we have to humble our hearts, give up our high bound indoctrination and come to the word of God and say, okay, what is the plain word of God? not Not what is the patched together word of God. Now, he says, this is what you're going to have happen before I come. You're going to hear of wars and rumors of war. But see to it that you're not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. I'm now 77 years old. And there's never been a time during these 77 years that America has not been at war. Wars and rumors of war. So that tells me, look for other signs. Here are other signs. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All of these are the beginning of the birth pangs. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted, put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other, and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. In the Greek... That word, grow cold, means gradually grow cold like cool breath blowing across water to gently chill, to slowly chill. To slowly chill. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. That's what's going to happen before Jesus comes. Then he changes and speaks about what's going to happen in the next several verses before the destruction of Jerusalem occurs. And then look false Christs, false anointings, and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and miracles and deceive even the elect, if that were possible. See, I've told you ahead of time. That's what we're walking into, and that's what's being set up right now by many so-called Christian prophets, and so many claiming the anointings of Azuzu Street or some other anointing. So if someone tells you, there he is out in the desert, don't go out, or... Here he is in the inner room. Don't believe it. For as lightning comes from the east, is visible even to the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. In other words, Jesus is saying, look, my coming is going to be very public. He is answering the disciples' question, when are you going to come? He's saying, I'm going to come publicly. And you remember when Jesus was with his disciples on the Mount of Olives. And he ascended up into the sky. And the angels said, the same Jesus who has gone up will come in like manner. Jesus coming is going to be visible everywhere in the world. And then it says, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light The stars will fall from the sky, and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky, and all the nations of the earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory, and he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of the heavens to the other. Matthew 24, that's what Jesus tells us, will be the sign of his coming. Now, if we go to the book of Revelation, I'm going to come back and deal again with the seals. But today, I want to come directly to verse 12, or the sixth seal. I watched as he opened the sixth seal, a book with seven seals, seven sections. Every section brings a great trauma to the saints and to the earth. Just as an aside, I want to tell you, the devil is no longer in charge. The seals are the dramatic insurgency of the kingdom of God, sweeping away the powers of darkness. Finally, reaching the climax, when the false prophet and the beast are thrown into the brimstone and fire and destroyed, and Satan is bound for a thousand years, and he's thrown into a pit. And there for a thousand years he remains, unable to deal or tempt or lead men astray. And at the end of the thousand years, he will be brought forth, and for a short time, he will lead the people of the earth in total rebellion against God, And they will go up against the holy city and they will be burned with fire and one angel will grab the devil, that dirty, ugly reptile, the dragon, and throw him into the burning pit prepared for he and his angels. Hell is not prepared for God's people. It is not prepared for human beings. It is prepared for the devil and his angels but at the great white throne judgment, many human persons are going to be bound and they will have one of two responses. They will see how utterly stupid and foolish they have been in playing with the world and Jesus in a triangle. And they will be bound and with tears and And it says, with gnashing of teeth. That is, they will be very, very angry. And both those who weep and wail and those who are bitterly angry will be cast into the lake of fire into their total punishment for their wickedness. But now, let's come back I want you to compare what I just shared out of Matthew 24 with Revelation 6, beginning at verse 12. I watched as he opened the sixth seal. That's the Apostle John. He's watching as Jesus opens the sixth seal. Jesus is in charge of what's happening, not the devil. There was a great earthquake. The sun turned black like sackcloth made of goat hair. The whole moon turned blood red. The stars in the sky fell to the earth as late figs drop from a fig tree when shaken by a strong wind. The sky receded like a scroll rolling up and every mountain and island was removed from its place. Then the kings of the earth, the the prince, The princes, the generals, the rich, the mighty, and every slave and every free man hid in caves and among the rocks of the mountains. And they called to the mountains and to the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who can stand? Almost a verbatim description coming out of Matthew 24, now Jesus opening the sixth seal says, yes, this is what's going to happen. Now, we're going to look further this week at the lead up to this. Now, let me ask a question. When does the great tribulation begin? And when does the great tribulation end? Well, we are not given an <clears throat> Pardon me, we are not given an answer in the scriptures for when the tribulation begins. The modern church teaches that the tribulation begins with the secret rapture But what if there is no secret rapture? And I don't believe there is. I can't find any biblical basis. Yes, I know. You can quote scriptures out of Thessalonians. The rapture simply means caught up. I'm going to be caught up. I'm going to be raptured. But it's not a secret rapture. According to what I've read so far to you, out of Revelation and out of Matthew 24. Now watch. The kings of the earth and the princes and the generals, the rich, they're crying out to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of their wrath has come and who can stand And then immediately it turns to the ceiling of the 144,000 Jewish people, 12,000 from each tribe. Then look at verse 9. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every tribe, nation, people, and language standing before the throne, and in front of the Lamb. And they were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell down on their faces before the throne, and they worshipped God, saying, Amen, Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength to our God forever and ever. Amen. And then one of the elders asked me, These in white robes, who are they and where did they come from? I answered, Sir, you know. And he said, These are the ones who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. I hope you hear that. Only those who have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb are going to stand before God in heaven. Anyone who still has emotional, spiritual, or physical connections to the world, the flesh, or the devil, they will not enter into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. These are they before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his tabernacle, his temple. He who sits on the throne will spread his tent over them. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat upon them nor any scorching heat for the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Now I want to go back with you. Stay with me. I want to go back with you to the seals. Verse 7, Revelation 6, verse 7. When the Lamb opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come. I looked, and there before me was a pale horse. Its rider was named Death, and Hades was following close behind him. They were given power over a fourth of the earth to kill by sword, famine, plague, and by the wild beasts of the earth. When he opened the fifth seal, another horse did not appear. Instead, the focus is to the souls that have been slain because of the word of God and the testimony that they had maintained. They called out in a loud voice, How long, sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood? Then each of them was given a white robe. They were told to wait a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and brothers who were to be killed had been completed. I watched as he opened the sixth seal There was a great earthquake. The sun turned black like sackcloth made of goat hair. The whole moon turned blood red. The stars in the sky fell to the earth. The sky receded like a scroll rolling up and every mountain and island was removed from its place. This is the description of Matthew 24. That this happens as Jesus is coming. Now, let's be very clear. These things that we see happening in the opening of the fifth seal and the opening of the fourth seal, a pale horse, a rider named Death and Hades, given a power over a fourth of the earth to kill by sword, famine, plague, and by the wild beasts of the earth. This is persecution time. We are not going to avoid persecution. There is no secret rapture, and you must prepare your heart to be martyred for the gospel of Jesus Christ you must prepare your heart to be utterly given over to Jesus. If you are martyred for the sake of Jesus, you are greatly honored. A few will go through that time of horrific testing in what is called the Great Tribulation. And Jesus is coming. In the during this great tribulation. When I don't know. I simply have to read, and it's clear that we're going to see the earthquakes, the sun turn black, the whole moon turn blood red, the stars in the sky fall to the earth. The sky receding like a scroll rolling up and every mountain and every island removed from its place. All of the wicked are going to fall before the Lord. They're going to hide from his coming. It will be a glorious coming. For the great day of of his wrath is coming. Who can stand? So for the unsaved it will be a time of great wrath for those of us who who live through this he says lift up your eyes lift up your head for your salvation draws near look i'm just being very plain with you if you read the sixth chapter of revelation and the seventh chapter of Revelation, you will be very clear what you're going to go through. It's not pretty. This is what the devil has planned. God will be moving in the midst of it. You see, in many parts of the world, America has put forth its gospel, not the gospel of Jesus, the gospel of the modern church. And many of you who are still playing triangle with the devil and with Jesus really do love Jesus. But you have not cut your ties to the world. Believe me, through this time of great tribulation, you will either cut your ties with the world or you will be destroyed with the devil. You must absolutely release everything of the power of darkness. Your love of money is going to have to go. Your love of for pride and arrogance is going to have to be let go. You're going to have to let go desiring to be somebody. You're facing intense persecution in America. Now, my saying all of this three years ago, many of you would not have believed me. But you have seen many things in these last three years. You have seen the Constitution of America shredded. Nothing compared to what you're going to see soon. What are you going to do when they bring out their digital currency with the mark of the beast? Some of you have believed that all of your past, present, and future sins were forgiven at the cross. And you're good to go. So why not accept the mark of the beast? Because that sin was forgiven too. That's what John MacArthur taught. But then, we're going to be out of here before that happens. No, we're not. We are going to go through the great tribulation and we are going to learn how to utterly trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and it's not going to be an institutional relationship it's going to be very personal because your very life hangs in the balance and if you can't trust the word of Jesus now when will you trust the word of Jesus You either trust him now or you'll never trust him. Don't be deceived. Christians are going to go through the great tribulation, at least in part. I don't know how far. I can only tell you that if we look at the trumpets under the seventh seal, there is silence in heaven for about a half an hour. Why? I don't know. I've wondered that. I've wondered if it was because what's coming on the earth is so horrendous that that earth is in awe of what is happening. Verse 3, another angel who had a golden censer came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints, on the golden altar before the throne the smoke of the incense together with the prayers of the saints went up before god from the angel's hand now are those prayers going up from the hand of uh, from those people who are on the earth who are called christians or jews where are the 144,000 are they still on the earth We don't know the answer to those questions. And I hear men talk with such confidence like they know, but they don't know. I'm old enough. I'm scholarly enough. I'm committed enough to Jesus that I have read and reread, read read and reread the book of Revelation. Believe me when I tell you they don't really know, they don't really know. The angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar and hurled it on the earth. And there came peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning and an earthquake. And then the seven angels who held the seven trumpets prepared to sound them. And now we find hail and fire and blood coming down on the earth. And then the second angel sounds his trumpet and something like a huge mountain. All ablaze was thrown into the sea. A third of the sea turned into blood. A third of the living creatures in the sea died. A third of the ships were destroyed. A third angel sounded his trumpet and a great star, that word star, in verse 10 of Revelation 8, is the word we get asteroid from. It fell from the sky on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the star is Wormwood. A third of the waters turned bitter and many people died from the waters that had become bitter. A fourth angel sounded his trumpet and a third of the sun was struck. A third of the moon and a third of the stars. It's going to be a time of intense darkness. A third of the day was without light and also of the night. As I watched, I heard an angel flying in the mid-air call out in a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth because of the trumpet blast about to sound by the other three angels. I don't believe God's people are subject to the wrath of God. That's what the scriptures say. Now, please. horrendous things are beginning to happen on the earth. It is still I believe probably in the last three and a half years of the tribulation. I don't know how to fit all of this together in in chapter. 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. I don't know how to place them in terms of timing. Revelation is like short little vignettes. Not put in order. But I tell you, the the seals are very much in order. And it looks to me as though under the sixth seal. It looks like Jesus comes. But I don't know. It doesn't say for certain. But when we compare it with Matthew 24, they match up together. Now, what I do know is that if you're in the triangle with the devil... You've got to break that triangle. And you've got to prepare to face the tribulation. You've got to face the reality that you're going to have to let go of the world. You're going to have to let go of your fear, of your anxiety. And the only one you can trust in is in Jesus Christ Some people have said to me, well, I just have to trust in Jesus. No, you don't have to trust in Jesus. You can trust in the devil and go to hell. I don't want to. I don't want you to. I'm on this broadcast day by day because I want to secure your salvation in Jesus. I'm not going to play games. I'm not going to talk about some secret rapture that is not solidly, openly talked about in the scriptures. I'm going to say, this is what the word of God says and stand on it. But I want to tell you something. I do trust Jesus. And if I am martyred, I will consider it a great honor before the throne of God. And if he sees fit to lay me to rest before all of this takes place, that's okay. If he wants me to live through it, that's okay. I'm standing by faith for the healing of my body and the healing of your body and for the strengthening of your mind and your spirit. And I'm trusting in Jesus to call you to repent of every unclean thing in your heart. For every time you've played with the devil in the triangle, I pray you will repent of that. I ask a man, are you ready for Jesus? And he said, no, not really you have a very short window now to get ready. You need to repent. You need to weep before the Lord and cast yourself upon his mercy and utterly cut off the things of the devil, the entertainment of the world, the lust for things of this age, judgments and bitterness and anger in your heart, All must be cut off. You must become one with Jesus or you will not survive what's coming. You will not make it through. We're out of time today. Lord, there are many today who are in physical pain and anguish both of body and of mind. Lord, I pray for them right now. Holy Spirit, would you go forth in healing and restoration and give each the courage to utterly cut off the unbelief and the self-centeredness and the selfishness. Lord, we belong to you. Claim us as your own. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Well, I'd love to hear from you. We're at the end of the month almost. It's coming fast. Write to me please at Pastor Ray Greenley, National Prayer Chapel Post Office Box 2346 Woodbridge, Virginia 22195 I also invite you to go to our webpage nationalprayerchapel.com I love you, my brother and my sister. I'm praying for you. Joyce, I see your, your post on the chat. I will be praying for you and for each one of you. God bless you today. Get ready. Jesus is coming again. I'll talk to you soon.